0: Hey, this is Kevin Lyman from the Vans Warped Tour. You're listening to Rebel Radio. Fuck you, Josh. What's up, this is Rebel Radio. What up, what up, this is DJ Newmark. This is Tina Butterwolf. It's your boy, it's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We in the place right here. Ah. Rebel Radio is going down. Uh, What
1: did you say, Rebel Radio?
0: Oh, wait, let's do it again. Rebel Radio.
1: Yo, what's up Rebels, welcome back to Rebel Radio. This week, we're gonna kick off festival season. We got a bunch of good stuff planned for you. Uh, The next few weeks, we're gonna come at you live from Coachella. Well, not live, recorded live on the field at Coachella. Obviously, Coachella's over, but I was there and uh, took my microphone and sat down with a few different folks. Uh, I'm not gonna tell you who they are just yet. We got some surprises up our sleeves, but some great episodes coming at you. From Coachella I will not be coming at you live from the fire festival. I know you know what that's all about. But um we're gonna kick off festival season with my man Kevin Lyman. Kevin is the founder of the Vans Warp Tour. If you don't know Vans Warp Tour, it's the it's the punk rock gathering of the year. They do over seven hundred and fifty thousand people uh through their doors each year. They have From the biggest punk bands to, you know, all kind of up and comers. They got charities uh, that they're launching out of Warp Tour. They're working with brands to integrate them into the community. It's just a great, great property. I think this is now their 22nd year. He's going to tell us what it's like to build longevity in that business. Um, He's also, Kevin's also been the founder of a bunch of other tours. uh, The Taste of Chaos, the Mayhem Festival festival called it's not dead if you're, if you're into punk rock or metal you've definitely probably spent some time in one of kevin's events um, he's got just some brilliant brilliant lessons about being just a hands-on leader i met kevin many many years ago and was trying to do some business with him and i remember we sat down for a meeting he had just come back from the warp tour and, and like that night, he was going out to see another show, another band play. The dude's just unstoppable. Uh, this episode is also a little bit of the history of West Coast punk rock. He's going to drop so many names on it, uh, on you, that if you're into that kind of music, you're in for a real treat. Good stuff with Kevin Lyman coming up right after our EDM.com track of the week. That our EDM.com track of the week. That was Tusk with a track called Smoke. I hope you love it and I hope you love this interview with Kevin Lyman.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: So thanks for I appreciate it. No problem. Having you here, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I've am i been a huge fan of Warp Tour forever. Uh, I don't know if you remember, we were... For, a while ago, I had this idea that we should do an Herb tour when I was at Herb right. Magazine. Right? right. And I wanted to do it with you, and then we never got our shit together. Yeah, we tried
0: a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't it with Funkmaster Flex? Was he around in that uh, time? or Maybe. I, maybe, you know, I, I don't
1: know. Yeah, I don't know. It was so long ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but even then, like, uh, you know, I remember Raymond and I talking about it, it was like, if we're gonna do this, like, Let's do it.
0: It would have been fun, you know. Let's it's, do it with the the best. Yeah, we've had some people. We, you know, right now. So we're just really focusing on you know the warped international stuff. Yeah, warped and uh, the cruise. Yeah. Idea. Warped cruise. Yeah, we're doing that. No it Goes out the warped rewind cruise and. Wow. The, the End of October. Yeah. And then uh, that that it's not dead punk show. Huh. That I did two years ago. We're doing again this year.
1: That's cool. So. And then you have the other festivals, chaos and that stuff. Chaos
0: or? is kind of on a, on a hold right yeah. now. Uh, yeah. And, you know, that's a big thing now, if you, you know, not to force a festival. I think so many people are put in situations of, you know, feeling they have to do something every year.
1: Sure. Well, I guess if that's your only thing, you kind of have to do it. Yeah. Maybe (laughs) that might push you over the edge. Uh, Totally. Well, dude, I appreciate you making time. I'm excited to learn a little bit about kind of how you do all this and all all that stuff. Um, uh, So I always kind of like start at the beginning. And uh, I know you've been doing this a long time, but I want to go back even Barter. before that in. Older just, voice days.
0: Yeah, even before that. The college how, days. how you even got into <laughs> yeah. music Yeah,
1: um, as a fan. Like do you remember do you remember the first record that you ever bought?
0: Simon and Garfunkel. shit. Yeah. Yeah. The greatest hits. Hello darkness,
1: my old friend. I've come to talk with you again because a vision softly creeping left its seeds while i was sleeping your punk kids and would be uh, you know i mean i think the, i think the punk
0: kids would be really shocked about the wide breadth of music i listen to yeah. um but i think that's been from you know it's been my whole thing you know yeah. working in the clubs of l.a when i was doing 320 shows a year wow and you were working every kind of music. Yeah. And I think that first warp tour was reflective of that. Is that you know, right? when, we, when you go back to first warp tour 95, you know I thought seaweed fans would like no doubt fans, which would like sublime which crossed, but then you put orange nine millimeter and quicksand and, uh-huh. and all these bands into it. And uh, So where did the idea come from to, to even do that? Well, you know for me it was I, I think that lineup came because I'd been doing that and I thought, you know these kids are all the same kids. You yeah. know In LA it was always like, I'd work a metal show, and I could never understand why metal shows were ten dollars, mm-hmm. and the shirts were ten dollars, and our punk shows were five dollars, and the right. punk shirts. I said it's the same kid, yeah. And I think I've always kind of say that you know, it's the same type of kid loves music. Yeah. It's just how do you you know expose them to different things, yeah. and uh, so that's been my whole bit thinking through life. But like with Warped, it really was you know kind of the culmination of you know I was first stage manager of Lollapalooza in nineteen ninety one. Okay. And then. Uh, been out working in that world, and by then I was running the the world tours for Stone Temple Pilots, Nine oh, Inch Nails, yeah. um, Jane's Addiction. Well, it was Porn for Pyros by then, uh-huh. but uh, it was just overwhelming. You know, I, I used to say I used to, you know, I'm glad they're all doing well and surviving. But at that point of their careers, it was like working for two drug addicts and a psycho on any given day, and you didn't know which was which. Right. So I was kind of always like, a, you know, it was just I was going to implode, and yeah. I wasn't having fun anymore. And, yeah. And I've always found that this business, you know, we got into it because it was fun. Yeah. Fell in love with live music because it was fun. And Is that is do you remember when you Realize that
1: you want to be in the live music business.
0: Well, it was completely accidental, actually. I, I grew up in Claremont, east of okay. here, at the, around yes. the Claremont Colleges, and yes. and it was a period of time. You know, out there was interesting because there was artists, you know, David Lindley mm. and uh, El Reo, Reo Eke, and there was it was more of a kind of a kind of a I guess a hippie vibe out there in Claremont. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, growing up out there, we were you know I, I was exposed to that kind of music, I guess, early on. And then my first punk rock experience was in high school. The senior, this guy showed up at the school, and he. He called himself xerox clone okay. That was his punk rock name yeah and that was an exposure to punk rock yeah so it was uh, really fun and, and we talked to them a little bit and and then i went to cal poly pomona okay. and really i wasn't going it wasn't interested that in, wasn't i like music yeah but i had no idea you could make a you know a career out of it and uh going to school there was an interesting time because uh it turned out that perry tolette um, Paul Tollette who runs Coachella mm-hmm. and works at Golden Voice was he was going to school there His brother was in a band called Chardon Square Okay, and there was bands like the Targets yeah. and I started realizing as I was on the ski team and ski club in college I needed to raise money for those events sure. and maybe we can integrate music into it cool And I would bring bands out and then I had a van too. Uh-huh. So the van was like access to LA for the, my core of friends to go See shows. Yeah. so we'd go to the whiskey and see the plimsolls with the yeah. go-go's opening and The, you know, the, that kind of world and, and starting to get exposed to music. But there was no glass house. There was no access for those bands that come to Cal Poly. Right. So we could bring them for $100 to come play at our college campus. Wow. So we'd get the Violent Femmes for yeah. 100 bucks, or... TSOL and come and play and I started getting around this group of people that liked music and I'd start throwing shows and then the Inland Empire started having a kind of a scene out there with the stepmothers Mm -hmm. and transformed into the unforgiven and Mm -hmm. you probably I don't know maybe you're still too young to know that era of bands sort of there was a a kind of a burning punk scene in the Inland Empire and uh, I started blending it together you know and blending in my I guess it was this like hustling skills i guess it was uh renting fraternity houses for like a thousand dollars and uh-huh. doing five bands five bucks all the beer you could drink and you know Great. you could fishbone out there and uh-huh. and you pay them a hundred dollars and they'd leave angelo the problem is you'd end up with like an angelo for a week or chris right. they just leave like enough equipment they were always leaving more equipment and people at my house until i brought it back to a show in la yeah but that kind of it was 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 kind of interesting and then i actually graduated college and um, it's interesting. I'm going back to speak as an esteemed alumnus at Cal Poly recently. And I think it's funny that the guy who kind of, you know, my, my degree was in recreation administration is now going <laughs> back and talking about people. Yeah. And um, I went off and ran a weight loss camp in Hawaii right after college. So no I way. lived over in Hawaii for a while and uh, came back pretty much broke. And, yeah. Uh, You know, living in Hawaii was great, but it was, you know, taking two jobs and and never really got to enjoy the the, the surfing I went over there for in the water. I was always working. But I came home, and I guess it was one of those things early on, like helping people. Uh, So I always try to help people. That was always my thing. And and some people wanted to help me. They said, hey, Kevin, uh, Fender's Ballroom. Mm -hmm. Um, Fender's needed a stage manager uh, for a upstart promoter. Her name was Marcel Brumal. I think she was burning up her her husband's trucking business, uh, booking bands like Lone Justice, and okay. The Blasters, and yeah. that kind of era of bands. Uh, yeah. And they were booking those shows, but in that same building, uh, Gary Tovar, Golden Voice, mm-hmm. was uh, was booking shows. Mm. And it turned out that Paul Tollette, who I had met, he's a few years younger, was now working for Gary. Mm-hmm. And we did a co-promote with, uh, it was Motorhead. Mm and at the Fenders ballroom, you know, you can picture Motorhead in those days playing Fenders. And they needed someone that could actually like follow the contract rider. Uh, I really think that's what pretty much my qualification at that point was, Um, and I don't want to, you know, it's disparaging to say that that about someone, but Golden Voice was kind of run by the fist at that point. You know, you had Gary and those guys, but man, the stage managers, like, you know, you you just did the shows, and Rat Sound, who's now out there doing Coachella and Mm -hmm. everything else, was the starting PA company, and I still work with them. Nice. And, uh... You know i was able to kind of follow a writer on contract and i think the band's kind of a and gary was starting to book bigger bands mm-hmm. uh so all of a sudden we did this co-promote and i got to kind of run the show on the production side and it turned into more gigs with golden voice and pretty you know within a couple years i always had my own independent production company mm-hmm. and i was running all the golden Voice shows in la mm-hmm. and taking and I was always that punk rock world where you know, people that worked in punk rock said, I don't work metal in that. But that during right. that period was also a busy time in L.A. The Sunset sure. Strip was in full board. Gazari's, Whiskey, yeah. Country Club. And those people, you know, Nelly up at the Country Club, Wo Nelly Presents, mm-hmm. needed a stage manager. And she was paying, like, punk was paying 75 bucks a night. She was paying 100, so, you know, maybe that's the extra 10 bucks. <laughs> I got a little bit piece of that, I guess, yeah. from stage managing those shows. Um, but, you know, that bled into a whole world of, you know, the, the Warrants, the Leather Wolves. The, the wow. kinda, so I was working, you know, Poison shows before when they were the opening band on the Bills yeah. and Paradise and, and that crazy time of metal. Mm-hmm. And then uh that grew into the like the foundation forums and i was still running all the alternative stuff, the punk stuff for golden Voice, but that was turning into the jane's addiction the chili peppers fish bones and mm-hmm. and some of my life was kind of like all of a sudden the skating world started coming back into my life the old pipeline skate park and yeah. upland and yeah. and visions vision clothing and things started needing a guy that could put on their events so I started getting ideas of how do you blend this music together. So we you know, got the Red Hot Chili Peppers. We had just done a show up in Cal State Northridge. And three nights later, I said, you guys want to come down? I got 250 bucks. You want to play on top of a skate ramp? Wow. And that turned into the Vision Skate Escape, uh-huh. uh, which is the videos are still bouncing around the internet sure. as a great event where skateboarding was spending money. They got the guy that did Blade Runner design like these ramps. And we wow. had Double Ramp and Tim Payne. So I kind of got really in with the skate world again. And that kind of turned into, you know, boarding for breast cancer and, and key, uh, board aid shows, all those mm-hmm. great old board, board aid shows where mm-hmm. we'd do a board across and have a vert ramp and we'd get, you know, Pennywise or Offspring or these bands to play up in the mountains. And literally I was sitting in the snow one day after, you know, I'd, I'd gotten Perry and the two really said, you need to play mountain song. Mm-hmm. He wasn't doing any Jane's Addiction songs. And he actually closed with mountain song, coming down the mountain, we'd do mm-hmm. this big board across mm-hmm. and shit went bananas. i sure. kids were snowballs and you know I was exhausted and we worked hard to get the stage because I always wanted to make farther up the mountain than anyone which meant piece by piece and and I sat there and told my friend Greg Teal I said man this lifestyle is coming together like I'd heard about the X Games coming forth that they announced this new X Games and I go what we've been doing on the coasts mm-hmm. is gonna start going to the inland mm-hmm. and I said I have, and I need to get out of the music business because i probably have to go get a real job. I, you know, I'd, I'd been doing okay, but I was, had my first child on the way. Mm-hmm. And that whole idea of adulthood. <laughs> like time to grow up. Time to grow up. Yeah. And I said, let's go out for one last summer and see what we can do. Yeah. And uh, so it was really quickly came together. I don't think the concept was until the end of March. Mm-hmm. And we were out by August 1st that first wow. year. Hey, I'm excited to have a new sponsor on board.
1: This week, we got Blue Apron. Um, If you're into cooking, Blue Apron's about to make it a whole lot easier for you. They're gonna save you time, money, make it more convenient, enable you to cook with family, friends, whatever. What they do is they deliver right to your door, uh, fresh and healthy recipes ready for you to cook. Uh, They deliver all over the country, 99% of the country, they can get it straight to your door and it's just the exact amount of each ingredient, so you're not wasting food. It's healthy, the food is all responsibly sourced and sustainable and all that good stuff that makes it good for you and your family. And for me, I like that uh, it's never the same recipe, so lots of variety. Check out this week's menu and you'll get your first three meals free because you're a Rebel Radio listener. That's first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com rebel. I think you'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait, that's blueapron.com slash rebel. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. And did you know immediately that you had something? A
0: disaster? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think I knew immediately that I was over, you know, that I, that, wow, putting on, you know, a show with underground bands, even yeah. though they were known out on the West coast, you yeah. know, and quicksand was known on the East coast. They were, you know, out of gorilla biscuits, mm-hmm. uh, Siv was coming out with the Siv. So he was out there, but I knew the music, but putting it all on a tour together. Yeah. They didn't really know these bands in Milwaukee, right. Or, or that. So we would show up and, you know, even in Denver and Dallas, a few hundred people would show up. Yeah. But I think that's where I always tell kids, it's it's patience in life, you know, allowed me to get a second chance because I'd worked with all these promoters Mm -hmm. on Lollapaloo, and they saw how hard I worked. I mean, Mm -hmm. that was not an easy tour at the beginning. I mean, we were doing things that had never been done, with, you know, eight bands on a bill, 20 minute set change, you know, just, you know, breaking every union rule, fighting the unions, changing the rules out there but they gave me a second chance and that second chance was, you know, I, I give, you know, want to give no effects and Pennywise credit for really helping me out there. Um, and they know that, you know, I, I talk to them often, but they kind of stepped up and had heard how much fun it was mm. and said, Hey, we want to be part of this because at yeah. that point, their agents wouldn't call me back. No one was going to call me back because it wasn't successful the first year. And by having those guys step up a little bit, sure. uh, gave yeah. it a little bit of credit, a lot of credibility in the punk rock world, even though I'd worked in the punk rock, Mm-hmm. Uh, world it was like I was the guy who loaded everyone's vans, or right? right. I was the guy running the venues. I was't the conceptual guy, yeah. uh, and I, you know it's weird, I think Greg Graffin still has it out. like Kevin's the guy that loads the vans. How did he do all this other stuff in life? you know, but they came out, yeah, um, got lucky with that call from vans. Yes. wasn't really looking to sponsor my I thought they were looking to sponsor my tour. Uh, but I had 15 minutes to convince them. They were coming to me basically to ask them to help them with their amateur skateboard program. Mm-hmm. And I was, said, no one's going to come watch amateur skating unless it's around my amazing music festival. And we blended it together and uh, became the Vans Warp Tour. And that, and that was. three summer. Well, if they've been with me, this will be our 22nd summer together. Unbelievable. So we've been through a lot. And yeah. uh, the beginning of that, you know, I look at different timing. I don't know if something like the Warp Tour would get that chance now, mm-hmm. uh, because we are in a world of needing instant success and, mm-hmm. and things uh, mm-hmm. that I don't know, and the timing was right, and the X Games did time out right, and yeah. I think it was being run by, we weren't running it for a brand, Sure. You know, yeah. you know, Vans is still a great partner, but they don't tell me how to run a tour, and I don't tell them how to make shoes. Right. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: What, um, well, I want to talk about the Vans thing a little bit, but, but I'm curious,
0: like, So first year was a struggle. Um, Second year was a super, second year the crowds grew. Yeah. But we were getting paid nothing. Yeah. We really weren't because the promoters were like, they were hard on me. They were really hard on me. They're like, look, you know, you're gonna come out here and you know, it would be like if you don't get every band on stage do this giant storm coming and, you know we were pretty mm-hmm. risk. we had like you know the night you know we'd had bands playing than under a blue tarp trying uh, to get the music in and yeah. and you know we were kicked off of, out of a couple of venues because we were trying to blend to this idea of punk rock selling your t-shirt yourself because pennywise showed up and says we're not letting the, the guy in the golf shirt you know we call them golf shirt people you know and you know it's right. no disrespect i wear a golf shirt and golf courses no, but I, I you know it's like i always used to have the saying never trust a person in a golf shirt that uh-huh. was the kind of the punk rock mentality sure so we were trying to blend that world of running a venue into yeah. this idea of what i was trying to do of not writing set times selling your own t-shirts kind of being a little bit you know loose but it was very tight in the background mm-hmm. warp tour has always looked like control it's a controlled chaos situation mm-hmm. but that's what makes it still what it is
1: so did it ever get easy did, did, did it never gotten
0: easy no Every year is its own challenges. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm facing my challenges this year. Yeah, uh, you know, in 2000, whatever it is. So you said I'm lost in time. It's funny how often I've said 2018 or 16, but 2017. <laughs> I'm facing my own new set of challenges yeah. uh, we've got a, a huge world of festivals out there right now. Um, I've talked a lot about uh, this last week about the you know for the past few couple of years about the festival bubble like how many festivals can this culture totally. absorb and I think right now we're starting to see we're maxed out yeah uh, and so a lot of bands have a lot of choices. you know, Are you going to grab money on weekends from festivals, mm-hmm. or are you still looking to build your career over time? Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're in a toss-up point. Is mm-hmm. there still a place for something like Warp Tour, developing acts? Do bands still have that in their mind? where, yeah. you know this year, I was deep thinking there was bands and where availability, you know, who was available to. A lot of bands might be in Europe. They're touring the world now, the mm-hmm. world music business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really was thinking that, you know what, maybe this was that time, the culture of America, right? I felt that energy coming this summer. Um, I felt this kind of undertone of unrest, kind mm. of. And, and yeah. I thought well, the world might be going more for bands that are going to have things to say. So when I started booking this lineup, I really was thinking, you know, and, and that's why we have bands, because I, I think. And it's not that bands don't want to say anything, but sometimes they were afraid that if they said the wrong thing, it'd be blow up on the internet within before they got to explain sure. themselves or what they really meant. So people yeah. just stopped talking or standing for anything. Yeah. So this year's lineup is really... I think it's it's interesting. It's not maybe the... Lineup we've had the last couple of years, but I had to challenge myself too because mm-hmm. you can't keep going back and booking the same bands mm-hmm. uh, Of course you can always go back and book less than Jake and real big fish because they never get old You know, they're the band that you couldn't go see all the time and you know Ska never gets old, but right. I had to go find some of those. So bringing bands, you know, great messages sonic boom six boy That I knew at school. Never want to break any rules. Never many friends because he wasn't exactly cool. Treated like a fool to be fair. Never stood a footy so the other kids did not care. Just a
1: nerve till he heard them on the word. Screaming, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Went and bought the tape the next day. Within a week, he's got the words in his memory.
0: You know, Anti-Flag coming back, and this mm-hmm. band War on Women, and Shauna's got a lot to say right now mm-hmm. and, uh, about uh, young women and where their role is in the world and how they, you know, need to stand up for what they believe in. So, you know, and then we're gonna have some, you know some the real fun bands out there. But it's a, you know, it, I think it's taken a moment for people to kind of get their heads around the lineup again, and sure. and even I think a little older audience is starting to cut, look at it and go, Wow, I haven't been to Warp for a few years, but. Wait a second. There's enough punk there, and mm-hmm. you know what? i have ne- you know never got a chance to see Guar, and right. you know, and, and it's cool to go see young bands. So you know, you challenge it each year, and you know, you challenge. You know, are the tours? You know, I, and I'm. It's it's not no blame. There's no blame in this business, but everyone's overworked. Everyone's working two or three of the jobs that they used to work one. Yeah. So the details, some people, you know, like routing up right on top of each other. Bands yeah. seem to be in the same city, same like-minded bands playing sure. in the same city on the, on the same day, understanding that there is a finite number amount of money for kids to spend on entertainment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, despite what we think sometimes this economy is people are getting by week by week out there yeah. and they can't afford to go to two or three shows in the same week. Mm-hmm. So that's the challenges we're facing right now.
1: Yeah, sure. So what about you? What what um, especially in those early years, what what enabled you to push through that and kind of keep going? I mean, this stuff is these are hard this is hard stuff to do. Yeah, I I
0: because I I think I've simply I think I've simplified it in my mind that You know, we are creating entertainment. We are creating fun for people. And fun can create education. That's Mm -hmm. why you always see the philanthropic side or the educational side of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because when you're having fun, your mind is open to other things. So that back in 95, I was actually thinking about going, what would be my next job? And I thought, well, maybe I'll go back and get my teaching degree. Mm -hmm. There was a need for teachers around that time. Uh, Maybe I'll go back and do that. So now kind of to fill your head in what you're doing, to continue working as hard because you know I'm, I'm still working 12, 16 hours a day a lot of times, and I'll be on the road for two months putting on these shows, is I look at it that and you have to keep going, is the drive is that maybe in some ways I've created the largest classroom in America. Mm-hmm. And that classroom spills over to young people getting into the business, and now you go out. My wife, I wasn't there, was out of Coachella this week, and she said, "You know, you, you're, you know, I know you're proud that all these people are running de- departments out of Coachella mm-hmm. because they learned yeah, how to sure. work hard out on the Warp Tour. So you're training a new, new type of tech, yeah. And they're in demand. Mm-hmm. Um, I also look at the nonprofits that have grown out of Warp Tour. You know, to write love on their arm, keep abreast. We work with a hundred nonprofits throughout wow. the summer on Warp Tour. Yeah, uh, that canned food drive that most people don't know about really unless you're a fan of Warp Tour mm-hmm. we collected 460,000 pounds of food at the front yeah, and i read that that's that's unbelievable you know the blood drives yeah. the, you know music say and, and you know now we're entering a new phase and i didn't realize that like counselors were so cut from school budgets that mm-hmm. you may have one counselor at a high school in charge of 2000 kids wow and they don't have the resources. So, you know, yeah. voice for the innocent, because, yeah. we, you know, the warp Tour hasn't come without controversies. And I think life is about controversy. You, you know, if you, if you, you 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 know you can't run through pablum your whole life. Sometimes sure. you're gonna have issues you deal with. Yeah. And, you know, a couple of years ago we had an issue and I didn't realize that the resources for young women that are sexually uh, uh, abused in, in young years are so limited or mm-hmm. they don't know where to go. Mm-hmm. So teaming up with a voice for the innocent, um, which is great. They were great last summer. They passed out cards in each city with resources behind where kids can use this to get help. Because I'm at school, we were at a hotel and it was all turned into that. It was high school counselors there. It was weird, Mm. fortuitous on a day off outside Colorado. And I talked to them and they told me just how tough their jobs are. And I started showing them the cards that we give out. And they're like, wow, we don't even know about these resources in Mm -hmm. our markets. So, that's stepped into a whole new thing that we're expanding this year with the Crisis Text Hotline. Mm. Because now that kids aren't necessarily willing to call on the phone and, and express what's going on in their yeah. life, they'll text, there's a whole organization out there for them. Yeah. So you do that, and then you put on some great some bands, mm-hmm. and, and most of the bands are out there, and 90% of the kids wanna run around and have fun in the sun, and that's really what a summer what should be sure. about. Yeah. And 10% of them, like any classroom, kinda, let's say, overachieve in a way, and on the way out sign up to register to vote mm-hmm. you know you know I think you probably remember the rock for choice shows mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, that we used to do here in LA or the yeah. rock the vote shows i mean i every 3 weeks we were putting on another benefit in LA yeah and uh, now it's harder we understand that bands can't play benefits because that's how they tour and they make their money yeah. but there's ways to get their messages out more so we're continually trying to blend artists into the new way of ph- philanthropic or ph- philanthropic uh, missions mm-hmm. so there's enough each day to keep me busy and entertained, yeah, and uh, and it's also I'm having you know overall it's hard. There's days that are hard, and there's days I'm like you know what I should just go do I you know we were I was involved in and in taking that branding side of what I've done with Taste yeah. of Chaos or Mayhem or Warped or some of these other products, and I was you know a partner with Saint Archer Brewery, which oh, cool. was back to the roots of where I came from. Yeah. It was all surfers and skaters and that lifestyle, and. They were like create a great product which the beer was good you can't sell a beer if it's not good mm-hmm. for for that long especially in this era and it was great so reconnecting with people like paul rodriguez and mikey taylor and mm-hmm. taylor Steele and then josh who's a brilliant guy who uh founded the company you know i'm working with them on uh, villager goods now which is we we we're moving into uh coconut water and oh, cool. health products so uh, we're yeah. down to san diego uh, uh, working with Haley Williams on her hair dye company good dye nice. young. So a lot of the, the entrepreneurs well, that's that I've a met, great at, name. Yeah, the entrepreneurs that I've met out in the parking lot They're coming to me. It kind of almost said sort as of maybe somewhat in a mentor position sure and I'm, I'm enjoying that yeah. uh, You know getting out speaking and teaching a lot we're Running hard, you know, we've we're you know, I decided that that right now uh, The way the country is uh, music through diplomacy is, is always been a topic, you know, yeah, and music brings people together so we're uh, you know, go, Warp's going over to Japan to do a couple shows next uh, next uh, spring. We took over. There was Punk Spring in Japan. It's mm-hmm. now going to become Warp Spring. Cool. Uh, we're doing Mexico City next month. Nice. I mean, it's coming together really quick, yeah. but going, I think it's important right now that, you know, we show that we're the, you know, music and people in these countries have a lot of things in mind that are alike. Sure. And the propaganda that we maybe are fed, not even probably You don't want to say propaganda. The, the new, what we're fed each day by our leaders doesn't necessarily reflect what's in everyone's hearts. Mm -hmm. Because I Mm -hmm. I did a documentary, I got to go uh, to Burma this year in Thailand. So we shot for uh, 10 days over there about the Karen tribes and the persecution of them. And 99% of the people in the, 99.9% of the people in this world just want to live in peace. They really do. And those voices have to be heard and music is is what has been always a, a, a way to express that. Yeah, do you think that's, is
1: that changing? Like is music's role in culture changing I mean, or is or, or that remain constant
0: I think the role of People having a voice and speaking out because they were afraid that I don't want to I don't want to stand for anything mm-hmm. because if I stand for something There's gonna be people that are gonna attack me on a daily basis, you know online and yeah. social media and this is gonna affect my career and potential but I think you're seeing a, you're going to see a new wave of people and and of people that say, okay, and I'm not just saying in politics, I'm saying in those canned food drives, mm-hmm. in blood drives, or mm-hmm. if I stand for, there's so many things for the environment, you know, right? we're, we're really focusing on the environment this year, because if it's true what they're talking about doing, there's certain things we can't control, but on a local level, right, we're telling kids, you know what, get involved and stencil the storm drains. Yeah. Because you know if one less person throws a cigarette butt down them that helps yeah. help on a local level, yeah. and that's what you do in times like this when there's so much unrest you yeah. know on a on a macro scale mm-hmm. yeah.
1: That's amazing, yeah so you know you're at a point you probably could have delegated a lot of this and you know maybe not work so hard um, is that like is that just the way you're cut or or is it that, you know, that's how you have to run a
0: business? I, and it's not true. I have delegated a lot. It's strange. Yeah. I have like a, and for what we do, we have a very, we only have four full-time employees. Wow. At Forfini. We have is four right? people. And uh, they are four women. Yeah. Um, and they're, 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 they're just. Forces of nature, Mm -hmm. they are fantastic at what they do. Mm -hmm. Um, I trust them explicitly with getting things done for me, and Mm -hmm. they know what can get, and they know when to come for me. But instead of the things I used to fill that void of maybe the micromanagement, I've now filled it Uh, on the larger scale. scale, And you know, I sit there and go, "Oh, I'm going to reach out to I'm talking to Argentina about maybe let's go down there and do a show, or relaunching Australia." You know, so I, I seem to always fill up that time that way. And, you know, the biggest thing is I've got my anniversary coming up here, which is in this business, you know, know, Fran's been wonderful. My wife uh, put up with good times and bad times. If you definitely said that, that for better or worse, I think she's been there. And, you know, we've almost been married, I think, 24 years, coming wow. up next week. You better not forget. Well, nice. both, we, we tend to both forget we're so busy. Sure. And then that's how our lives are. You, you blend them back together. And, you know, I have a daughter graduating Loyola, New Orleans this month. And one just picked college. And nice. she's picked her. She's going to go into physics and environmental oh, wow. engineering or, you know, double major. So yeah. uh, it's good. So having your some stability there has allowed me to kind of do what I'm doing now. And I read somewhere that, that your kids were involved in the tour yeah. at different points turned into their you know their summer jobs they yeah. work really hard and, and they don't get to be the and people know they're not the, the boss's kids they right. work as hard as anyone yeah and sierra uh, runs our nonprofit area cool. so she's coordinating all the local nonprofits that will be coming out for the day or the the whole summer right mm-hmm. now and mm-hmm. she gets and she's kind of like me she's thinking okay this year we need to have a, a open mic tent we're gonna do this this summer you know so she she graduates in a couple of weeks and we're gonna drive back across the country together bring her car home and everything nice. so we'll have some time to, to plan what's going on and my other daughter uh is, comes out since she was 14 and works in the production office mm-hmm. and she is a like they love she's just super organized super thoughtful and, and and works really hard that's cool so it's it's been nice for me because as i've replaced when i used to tour with my peers uh-huh. when i was touring with pantywise and bad religion and, it was definitely more of that we're on tour together sure you know and now i'm kind of one i'm physically tired out there it's a very tiring tour but two it's also i'm either a mentor or disciplinarian Mm -hmm. so it's nice to be able to travel with your daughters and i think you know they're none of them you know my every time they go get their own jobs or anything it's like wow they work hard yeah and that's what warped tour does ultimately it's just a hard working group of people and i always say it's nice to work in a, a group of people Everyone from the kid that has to put up that one ten by ten tent for a band and do their T-shirts, everyone for two months gives a crap as a society for the success of that. Yeah, space and we move a city each day.
1: hmm. So, so there's that like, uh, you know, there's that saying like work
0: work smart not hard. Is that just bullshit? I think for some people but there's no cutting corners really. You know, you get out there and work hard. I mean, I was allowed to do Warp Tour, especially the second time because of those, you know, 12 and a half, 13 years that I worked in LA, 320 nights a year. Um, And I didn't live in LA. Mm -hmm. I drove to Claremont back to, I lived in a log cabin with no heat, but I grounded myself too. I I realized now that there was something there that made me drive down that 10 freeway. I won't even do it now. It's so long. If I get in my car from Pasadena, it's like, oh my God, how did I, work? you know, but that was a lot of people out there. We all worked together. We supported yeah. each other, the community out there. And, and whoever was could drive at night would work that day with me in town yeah. because yeah. I'd put every energy into running the show. And sure. by the time I got in the car, I, w- I needed, like, it was just collapse. But I woke up by a stream, believe it or not, a stream, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. had, you know, it was nice. And it was just that hour of regrounding because now I read everyone's books. Yeah. I can read the motley crew books or the chili pepper books. And I go, Oh, I remember that night. Sure. I was like the fly on the wall, loading the the gear out of the dressing rooms or the stages. And Oh, that night that that happened, I didn't go to those parties. Mm -hmm. And, and now it's trying to explain to my daughters too, that, you know, there was that thing. I, I kind of kept my distance a little bit, Mm -hmm. but they knew I was working hard for them. Yeah. And she's a little nervous because, you know, she's going to go to a school that's known for baby party school. And I go, it's okay because people who do drugs don't hang out with people that don't do drugs. Right. And I learned that early on because I'd be touring with people yeah. and I felt weird because they didn't invite me to the parties. Mm-hmm. I go, oh, don't they like me or anything? But I think they they were going to go do drugs sure. and yeah. they didn't. They were going to be uncomfortable doing them around me right. and I would probably get uncomfortable around them. Yeah. And, but we kept our working relationships very, very solid out on the road. Mm-hmm. You know, they knew that... You know, if I was doing their tours or working with them at local shows, they were going to have a great show or the mm-hmm. best show possible. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was there was some grounding there. You know, and now I'm kind of, you know, you get reflective. You know, I just turned 56 last week and uh, everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's. And I'm like, well, yeah, I've been doing this for 35 years. That puts me around <laughs> 21. Right? Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. Those years go by. And I sure. said, you only get old if you look in the mirror. Right. You know, yeah. it's the only time you get old. Yeah, 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 otherwise you look in the mirror, you just get up and you do what Stupid. you do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, like, all these sort of values you're talking about. Uh, I know you said there's four people, but but when you staff up for tour, yeah, I think can, I read it was, a, like, over 900 people. Well, 900
0: people with the bands and crews yeah. and everyone out there and a couple yeah, hundred yeah. people, yeah. So, um, how do you maintain a culture at that scale? Well, I, I think it was... You know, it goes back to like those early days. Like, why do you have a barbecue after the shows each mm-hmm. night? You try to show people they're all equal. Yeah. Because I worked in a business of hierarchy at the business. It was like the headliner dressing room. Sure. Or the headliner puts his drums on the drum kits and everyone stacks them in front. Those kind of things. Right. But the punk rock world was kind of like, oh, we'll move our drum kit. Mm-hmm. And if we have a half a pizza, the opening band could have a quarter of it. Yeah. And it was kind of that community. And, and I think I try to build that community out there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I, I'm there every day. Mm-hmm. I'm not calling this show in and even when there's maybe been a problem with an artist and you know I'd have to deal with a label or some back in the day not so much anymore You were saying Atlantic and right. I think Sugar Ray was on Atlantic If yeah, I remember yeah. Sugar Ray was on Atlantic yeah. and you know There was that moment in time where they were selling 70,000 records a week on Warp Tour on a one-foot <sighs> stage. Yeah and they came to me and said, you know, labels screaming at me and everyone like, we got to put them up on the biggest stage out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, because I think there's only w- one fly on this first album. Mm-hmm. That was a hit song. And mm-hmm. I didn't hear anything else on that album. And I knew Mark from the clubs. He was in Shrinky Dinks. And I was eight, and I said, look, guys, I understand if you have to leave. But this is how I run my tour. Yeah. And I went on the bus and explained to Mark. I said, you know, if you ha- you'll have more hits if you write it, you know, but you don't have them on this album. Mm-hmm. And if you, I go out and move you, you're building a lot of credibility for life, and they've always had it. Sugar Ray's had credibility in the punk world, I think a lot of it came from that parking lot because yeah. they hung out, they, they powered through it, uh, and they went on and wrote amazing, amazing hits. So it's kind of true. And and I also look back that the smallest band on the main stage that year was Blink 182. Wow. Now if I had bumped them, mm-hmm. would they have ever come back and played for me again? Sure. Probably not. No. So. You know, I'm like, you get it if you're on warp tour, um, and some people don't do warp tour because that's not their thing, and that's okay. Yeah. And and that's all right. Yeah. But I'm proud that the, a lot of the bands that have been around now 25 years or so are bands that have come back and played warp tour on a consistent basis that are putting mm-hmm. out, you know, and replenish their fan base. I love that. Every time I die, is having some of their biggest biggest moments right now because I knew that band was so good. Mm-hmm. Their music just had a cycle to the place, you know, and it's that's hard. being nice. You have to be nice mayday parade the main all these bands are just nice people yeah. so you want them to succeed so you give them the chances until all of a sudden their music makes sense yeah and they're all having great moments of their career yeah so
1: i know you're super involved in in the set times yeah um and I, you know that seems like uh i think from the outside it
0: seems like a sort of a trivial it's a huge thing to make it yeah. comes from you know that being the stage manager of lollapalooza in 1991 and watching Henry Rollins every day at 1.20 in the afternoon go on stage and do what Henry does. Never seen Henry watch him play live. There's, sure. It's 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 an explosive thing. Mm-hmm. And every day from 120 to 150, he would just be Henry, just killing sure.
1: it in front of nobody. In
0: front of a bunch of empty seats yeah. and maybe a few kids up in the lawn. Yeah. And then we would have some field shows. It was nice. We'd play some fields, and uh-huh. there would be some kids in the front, uh-huh. but still, it was a small crowd. Yeah. And every day, I would sit there and go, man, if Henry could just open for Jane's Addiction one night. Hmm. That would be huge for his career like, mm-hmm. because, you know, this was pre-social media. Sure. I think just about now, like, you <coughs> take some of those young acts, And that's why 90% of the audience is in line at Warped Tour at Doors because they don't want to miss their band. But then you can thread that through. Yeah. and It is a lot of work. i got to sit there every morning and write yeah. it out and put it all together. Sure. But I think it's worked because of that. And I think bands have broken because of that. Yeah. Because if you go on a big tour, and I don't know if big tours... Are breaking acts like mm-hmm. you know because you used to fill you, you used to fill up the big tour if you were the opening act with all the radio stations right and a label would use that but there's less and less sure. of that availability out there absolutely so you're playing for as entry music yeah coming in so how do you tie that and, and go from there yeah so I still believe writing this game and that's what I'm saying people are going well what is, what's new this year I go not a lot's new we just tweak it a little bit. Warp mm-hmm. still feels like that backyard party mm-hmm. that it started out to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, we tweak it each year to kind of fit what's the, going on in the world. Yeah. But we're I'm not going to because some people call me and go, well, you know, why don't you get a big headliner now? And I go, well, one, if I got a big headliner, there would be the budget for all the small bands. Right. And two, people would just start coming in in the evening.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If it, if Warp doesn't work and is and goes away at some point it's okay because we've been there 23 years we weren't supposed to be there a second year (laughs) and no one's been a traveling touring festival longer than this yeah so you know there's things i'm trying to work and i tell the labels bring me ideas or things you need and maybe i can help fix them Mm -hmm. don't tell me things now that we could have discussed Mm -hmm. in october sure yeah and, and you mentioned all these new festivals popping up
1: and you know we see them everywhere what is it that you wish these young promoters would know?
0: I, it's building, I think you have to take your time to build a successful festival. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, there's, there's that rare thing, but where, whatever I'm finding that rare thing, and I'm gonna be speaking in Florida this week, and I know I'm gonna meet the, the guy who started Okeechobee Festival, which is having a lot of success, mm-hmm. but he has a fantastic location, Yeah, and he's building the culture of that festival. Sure. Uh, you know and who knows where that culture is going to go mm-hmm. i mean i don't think when paul started coachella he thought it would become that type of culture at that festival paul no. comes from the punk rock world right. just like i didn't know you know we come from that and you know it your festival you have to you kind of flow with the your the culture of the festival mm-hmm. uh there's festivals that aren't doing as well because i think they that were I thought they were you know locking in on just a lineup now it can't just be about the lineup mm-hmm. because there's great lineups everywhere sure and everyone's playing festivals so people are really... We're, we're in that NASCAR situation I'm a student of NASCAR are where you? where NASCAR's it's got to this point where the, the they were big sponsors the ticket prices went up getting there was expensive the hotel that yeah. the fans just had that their their economic status of that fan for the core of it was a certain amount mm-hmm. and once they went over that threshold people just went like you know i'll stay home yeah i'll stay home watch it on tv sure and now they're they're having they don't know what to do yeah. i mean you, their attendance keeps going down is that right so they just brought monster in to try to young up the audience mm. but the first thing monster which is monsters culture is they had the monster girls that you see right. at supercross and leather but they realized that the religious basis of NASCAR all of a sudden it was like prostitutes and strippers and Satan is in the parking lot, you know, so it's understanding your audiences. And I think festival people need to really understand their audiences. Yeah. And, you know, this year I know some people, you know, not, some people are really happy with the lineup and some are not going to be happy with it, but it wasn't not trying to understand what they had. It was maybe what was available to put on and present this summer.
1: So how do you, um, you know, I see this with Coachella, and you know, I'm friends with those guys, as yeah. you are. But like every year, you know, the Coachella announce, the lineups announced, and every and like, you know, feels like everyone's unhappy with the lineup, and then of course they sell wow. out and and all that, it's, right?
0: It's it's the I always say the 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 worst day of a festival producer's career is the best and worst day is announcing your festival, yeah. Because you're excited to get it out there, but yeah. now you have to take that instant blow back.
1: Sure, of course.
0: And it really comes down to the consumer's choice if they want to go or not. And but I, I think Paul I, I feel Paul, like... Paul pockets his festival very well for that audience yeah. that is buying, not knowing the bands that are on it. You know, Absolutely. he's got a good ear. Right now, hip hop is definitely back into the. the forefront and that lineup is pretty hip-hop set but he's not abandoning his dance fans i mean i know that at you know two o'clock three o'clock in the afternoon it may be a little like crickets out there for the bands but that dance tent is going Mm -hmm. he couldn't just say i'm not going to do that Mm -hmm. Um, but he always does things that you know i know that feeds your soul sure you do things and that's why he built that glass house tent this year um where the interrupters played and things like that, and TSOL, oh, cool. I guess, got a chance yeah. to play out there. Nice, uh, which is, I know that's for his soul, and that's mm-hmm. why I, I did that. It's not dead festival a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, I was struggling. I was kind of struggling with like where you know where my you know where I'm at. I'm not as happy as I usually am. Yeah, and I was thinking that, wow, you know, maybe I need that punk rock back in my life. Uh-huh. and I said, yeah, I'm gonna put on a see if I can pull this together. It had not never been done where you really get descendants, bad religion, no effects, and pennywise on the same show in LA. That's cool. And so, well, so how
1: do you how do you know um, how do you decide what feedback to pay attention to, right? Because you're always going to have whether it's haters or people that are just you know.
0: Well, now it's really easy because you kind of go through, and if your hate's coming on Twitter, yeah, you can go into that person's profile and see if they're really that hateful, right. Or they're just spewing, right? And ninety percent of the time, they're just spewing, really yeah. are, because the the tweet before it'll be, "What color is your, your kitty's eyes?" Uh-huh. and you know, "I had a great pizza. What are you eating?" Right. And then they'll send out this vile thing to you. Yeah. You know, the the ten percent, then you kind of really, you know, look at it and go, "Okay, this is who I can learn from." Yeah. Maybe, maybe, okay, if that starts coming together, and it takes time. Yeah. But yeah. the worst thing you could do, you can't negotiate with the internet right you know I thought two years ago because punk rock was about we used to really that confrontation was confrontation was good of course. but we've bred confrontation out of our schools mm-hmm. because the professors are so scared to challenge their students mm-hmm. because of being culturally inappropriate or saying the wrong thing can get them fired. So education, my professors challenged me and I challenged them yeah <laughs> and I guess I've always challenged the norm yeah. but you learn from that. But we've watered down the society, and I think right now is a very interesting thing because conflict is, is we're trying to figure out how to, conflict is happening. There's a lot of conflict happening mm-hmm. here, and you have that very small percentage. And I said, we're only, Trump's wasn't to worry, but maybe we're getting worried at some of the things he's doing. But it was the 3% of the people he was empowering. Mm-hmm. But you look at over on the left, you know, the left too, the 3% that are empowering, mm-hmm. and they're going, feeling that it's all right to show up and just beat the shit out of each other, mm-hmm. you know? the It's the other people in between, the 97% of each time have to learn how to start communicating to figure out how to move this world forward again. Yeah. But we forgot how to communicate because it was all in short blasts and tweets or this and this, that we're gonna have to come back and figure out a way to communicate again. Um, and that's a challenge, but by denuding the powers of the professors and, and, and teachers at the lower levels to challenge their student, yeah. we're not learning how to deal with conflict. And I'm really that's that's worrisome to me.
1: Yeah. Yo, if you're digging this one, we're gonna go back in the archives, in the vault for you. Um, I want you to listen to my man Dave Weiner. He runs a label for Tech9 called Strange Music. He's uh, the head of the West Coast for Strange, and it's great. Kind of like Kevin's story. It's a great story of people building amazing independent businesses in the music business kind of bucking all of the trends doing things their own way uh good stuff with dave weiner if you want to check that out after you finish this one that's that's so i I want to go back to the you talked about vans yeah how do you keep a client sponsor for 22 years
0: they've actually they, they they're an equity partner, you yeah. know that the many many years ago You know make you make some deals in this world that sure. you look back on you and, and and they're great They kind of bailed me out because I got sucked into uh, uh, The dot-com world mm-hmm. that first run of it uh, and I could never really understand it sure But you know there were some people involved in the tour at that point and uh, it, you know, They told me I was gonna live in a warped world which now there's VR which they're saying we all gonna live in a different world but back then they said you're gonna live in this warp world Kevin and you'll do concerts in this building and then you'll like sell merchandise to kids and I'm like no man it's not like kids want to go to festivals they want to go sweat on each other they want to be part of a culture maybe we are getting away from that a little bit now but Mm -hmm. then I'll, I'll be gone because I can't see how people are gonna sit in their houses you know I know that's a big thing uh, you know when Live Nation and Michael Rapino and, and their groups, something that, about how virtual reality and how they're going to sell tickets to concerts that way. I don't buy it. I, I think it's BS personally. Yeah. But that maybe that because I'm 56, maybe there's some 19, bunch of 19-year-olds are going. Great, I can just watch the concert in my room, and it's going to be as gratifying as going to a show. And I I, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. But we also, you know, we're challenged by you know the video gaming world because it used to be that girls went to shows earlier. Sure, yeah. You notice that girls went to shows earlier. It was always like the yeah. bands; they would come out and see bands. If you and working at a label, you'd be like, oh, good female audience. Mm-hmm. I right? kind of would drive it because eventually the boys would come in a year or two later, and when they grew up a little bit and stopped hitting each other with sticks, and, uh-huh. and realize that it was fun to go to like social gatherings and that's how the crowds grew you know yeah. I mean Warp Tour grew because that year that the Boston's were on mm. and Teen Magazine put like the best place to meet guys was we were really, like number six no way. yeah Scott drew the girls you know <laughs> so it was like all of a sure. sudden I noticed all of a sudden girls were coming to Warp Tour it was yeah. kind of a guys fest like people have thought and. Yeah. Um, they would come and, you know, but how do you carry that through now? Because really I was, I'm watching this, these game and it, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to, they're pulling some girls into the game slowly, but it's still two, three sure. percent, but it's 97% guys that are sitting there watching other dudes yeah, play games. Absolutely. And how are we going to get them away from that? Or maybe they're going to slip in a girl into virtual reality yeah. while they're playing those games and they'll never have to go meet a girl. Who knows? We'll see. I guess. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> so a lot of, a lot of changes, a lot of things going on. Yeah. Um, I want to do a little we speed can round. Give you enough little.
1: Ah, st- oh, this is great, tidbits, man. This and is notes. so much stuff. Um, uh, well, I just have one question, then I have a quick speed round. Okay. But um, but I so I know you know Vans has been an important partner. Yeah. What other brands do it right in terms of well, well, integrating into well, culture? Well, I
0: made the first deal with an energy drink company in music. Really, yeah. Um, Han- it was Hansen's Energy. Oh yeah and that was 21 years ago with yeah, wow. the green can uh-huh, yeah. that was 20, yeah so i made that with mark hall yeah and you know watching how monster has evolved yeah. as a brand yeah. and, and what they're doing with music i think is a great thing uh, you know, we can talk about other I think Red Bull does great things. I think the energy drink things rockstar has been sure. a big supporter of our programs it. They kind of get how to work with the artists and things developing yeah. uh, Then you have you know, some of the other brands that we, we you know That I like working with and it's fun to have some of them coming back this year mm-hmm. You know hard rock and skull some of the brands that maybe weren't with us for years because cool. experiential marketing kind of went away Everyone thought we were just gonna have a kid with a yep. you know With a tweet or something would work your brand you know help your brand now They're saying we need to have that interaction with people in great spaces to be at these events so uh, people are dusting off those old uh, activation trucks and 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 figuring sure. them up a little bit and getting out on the road but in truth the anti-smoking campaign we've had a great run with you know uh, yeah you know yeah. i think there was brands and you know and, and then if you went into the alcohol world for a long time jaeger did a great job with it mm-hmm. they lost their core people there and they lost the essence of that brand in music and yeah. now they're just another brand and yeah. fighting it out against uh the, what are they alcohol companies Fireball, there are. Fireball. Right? That's Fireball. That's what yeah. I was thinking of. Yeah. Here, yeah.
1: So. Okay. Let me do a little quick okay. speed round. Um, so if you can go back and, uh, give one piece of advice to your 18 year old self, what would it
0: be? Oh, don't sign that deal with Launch. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> you know, <I> <laughs> no. okay. Um,
1: what talent have you always wished you had more of?
0: I, I wish for me, my talent would be sometimes to, to, focus you know focusing is a hard when you have the mind you're kind of jumping all over and kind of flush out some more of these ideas i have and mm. i'm really working really hard on that right now yeah um, i learned how to say no and that was a hard thing because i always wanted to say yes and then i also learned that people not everyone's going to like you sure but most people would get respect me i think at this point for what i've done yeah yeah uh,
1: I, th- I think so um if, if you could choose any other career what would it be
0: charter boat captain yeah i'd be a charter boat fisherman captain i love it
1: nice so if i worked um for warp tour or for 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 finney, um what's something i would hear you say over and over
0: if you worked for warp tour or for finney it's okay to make mistakes it's okay to make mistakes mm-hmm. i've made a lot of them but you learn from your mistakes and move on move on quickly yeah my mistake. I forgot. I'm, I'm past it already being late for your interview twice, <laughs> me which too. I've never done. And now we're, we're past it at this point. So, <laughs> who,
1: who would you be most excited to learn as a fan of your work?
0: He's passed away right now. But what really makes me feel good is I, a lot of people say Bill Graham would have really enjoyed what you've done. And I got to meet him in 91 Lollapalooza and watch how he handled Ice-T's posse when they were kind of being a bunch of assholes. Yeah. And the way he dealt with his business. And I watched him when I sold, grateful, I sold Egg Rolls in the Grateful Dead parking lots. And I would watch how he ran those shows. So cool. Um And I think if I had the chance now, I think he would have found my... Now he would have told me 19 different ways to do it better. Sure. But yeah. I would have taken them all very seriously.
1: Yeah. I know you travel a lot. What's your favorite city to travel to?
0: Oh gosh, you know it's you know traveling for me is is you know I try to find the, the, the when we say we have a favorite city, that that pigeonholes us. I realize that you have to find the best. Try to find the best in every day when mm. you're on the road. Mm-hmm. Find something good about there. I'm still looking in St. Louis, but <laughs> no, it's I, every time I'm trying. Uh, when I'm at that venue, I'm sure there's great. So what there. city
1: has surprised you where you you oh, uh, where you found something really? Lancaster, great. Pennsylvania. Wow.
0: I mean, I just came from Lancaster this weekend. Yeah. It was my third time in five years to go to this conference and teach and speak. Mm-hmm. But I really think that it's, it's, but it's also a city that I've seen was progressing and getting a little better and re, reinventing itself from its past. But I, I'm, right now it's on that edge. And it was very interesting reading the paper that, uh, you know, that if the budget cuts go through, they're going to lose $2.1 million in funding in, in Lancaster County. Yeah. And you hear the people going, but we voted for him. Mm-hmm. Not understanding that those cuts are going to be across the board, sure. and I think they're going to see some backward sliding. You know, the redevelopment. Uh, there was a lot of homeless there that they're using the money to help the homeless. There's training going on, and they're talking about all that being cut. Mm-hmm. And I and I think these cities are on the fringe because of the opioid addictions. Yeah. You know, early in the morning, I take my walks, and you know, you found needles a few blocks from that really nice downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're, there's, pe- this country's right teetering, and I think a lot of it, people don't, the, the opioid addiction is so huge right now.
1: I just read a thing this weekend. It's more deaths than guns and car Cars. accidents yeah. combined. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. I've seen that growing, and you see that kind of despair. And if we take away these services, um, I said yesterday on my Twitter, I said we should all get to put on the brick that we're building the wall what we've lost to build that wall school lunches, yeah. gas subsidies for heat, they're all going away. Mm-hmm. So every one of us should be allowed to put on that, our own brick what we lost. <laughs> and it would amazing. be, it's gonna be a, be a pretty, it would, it, it's gonna be a really a cross section, all voters, all yeah. demos, yeah. Um, what is potentially gonna happen in the next few years. And, and that's, you do not you can't let that overwhelm you. You have to kind of, so that's where I've kind of gone to that local mentality. Let's mm-hmm. do things locally mm-hmm. to do the best we can locally. Yeah.
1: What's the last great book you read?
0: The last, I'm reading right, oh God, I've read a lot of books that, in the last few weeks. Hillbilly Elegy, Okay. it's a fantastic book. It's on the bestsellers list right now, but it really explains to a person um, the coasts, we're all isolated, mm-hmm. but it really kind of the, the, the migration from the Appalachians through the years mm. to the industrial cities yeah. and where their mindsets were that when they were probably voting this year. Mm-hmm. So I think people that maybe were angry will understand where they're coming from differently. Cool. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm, I'm almost done with Colony Within a Nation, which is basically trying to explain the mindset of the police officers that are shooting people, wow, and the people that are being shot.
1: Yeah.
0: And, you know, it's not the mindset of basically, we have built a, a a colony that is, it's a colony within a nation. It just kind of explains that we live in fear, mm-hmm. white fear, black fear, we all have our fears, mm-hmm. and how these fears are coming to a head right now. Yeah and uh so i think i've got a little bit into yeah, that that's great that kind of but I, w- I want to keep understanding reading. what's going on around me when i travel yeah and what's going there so maybe i can speak to, i mean you know, simplify it for my early life i would say uh read the local paper and drink the local beer sure. and I, I sum it up with a story as you always read the local paper and want to understand what's going on in the local market and i rolled into pittsburgh for my first time and they had just talked about closing the steel mills yeah and I went to a bar with a couple people and the, everyone I looked around was, you could just tell, was not ready, not in the best. They were, weren't drinking for fun. They right. were drinking to forget. Yeah. And I looked at everyone drinking a Rolling Rock and I said, I'll have a Rolling Rock. The two people I was with drink, ordered Heineken's. Uh-huh. Guess who got their ass kicked that night? The guys with the Heineken's. I was able to just <laughs> kind of like, because, you know, I understood the local mentality. Sure. Yeah. And I, I, I relate that to no, it's a, a thing called road dumb. We tend, when we travel on the road, to become very dumb and insular yeah. with what we tour with. Understand what's going on in the local market, and it'll get you through life.
1: Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's good wisdom. Um, okay, what movie do you think you've seen the most?
0: Shawshank Redemption. Nice. I love Shawshank I love Redemption. I love that movie. Much still over, to this over. point. Plus, I have a really bad memory. So, like, my wife would <laughs> be like, you're watching that movie. I go, this is a really cool movie. She goes, you've seen it, like, four times, you know? Princess Bride. That one I still love. I, You know, um... Don't get a chance, don't watch as many movies as I'd like. Uh, it's like all these TV shows. Yeah. When you travel the way I do, I'm, I'm not a big binge watcher. I, li- yeah. I loved uh, Escobar and yeah. Narcos, uh-huh. things like that. Yeah. Um, fascinated by the <clears throat> the the culture of of uh, cartels and, and how that's gone in our country. Uh, some great books I've been reading.
1: Oh, there's a great book, Narconomics. Narconomics, I read read, yeah, that. Narconomics.
0: Awesome. And, uh, just, it's it's a, an amazing time how their culture has blended with our op- opioids and our big pharma cultures Absolutely. to create what we have right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, this one is probably hard for you. Um, is there a band or live performance that stands out as the greatest you've ever seen?
0: Well, band-wise, I would say for some reason, probably around 84, 85, stiff little fingers. And it was, we were doing downtown. Remember the old Variety Arts Center downtown? Yeah. yeah. And we were doing two, it was like we were doing three shows in two nights with them. And I really didn't know Stiploaf. So somehow that had slipped through the cracks of my knowledge of bands. Uh-huh. And I just will never forget that night. Like two shows on a Saturday and one show on a Sunday. Just going crazy. Nice. You know, ongoing, consistent, great shows. Rancid, mm. love Rancid, and now The Interrupters. Mm-hmm. I think we have our new punk band. I've always said we need new, great, young punk bands. Yeah. Watching The Interrupters, to me, it never gets old.
1: Really? Cool. Well, dude, thanks for doing it. Thank this, you. Man.
0: I appreciate
1: it. Yo, I hope you enjoyed that. Man, I love talking to Kevin. I could talk to that dude all day. He's just so full of knowledge and, uh, and passion for what he does. Unbelievable. Hey, make sure you hit us up on Twitter this week at Rebel Radio Net. Find us on Facebook. Check out our YouTube page. we got good stuff happening on YouTube. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace.